Well, as I said, we are journeying through shape. We're still going through the shape series. We've been on this. This is the fourth week of our series, and we have two more weeks. But I hope, uh, well, this weekend, next week. So I hope that you are starting to piece things together a little. That that this is this is helping us discover our own personal shape for ministering within the kingdom of God. It's not just for serving in the church. It's ministering in the kingdom of God. It's how you are to your neighbors, to your workplace, um, whatever area that you, university, schools, wherever you may be. I'm hoping that this, this has been helpful in helping you to work out how you can minister in the, the kingdom of God. We started by looking at spiritual gifts, God-given gifts that were, were given to us on our conversion. I wonder if you've explored what yours might be. I wonder if you have had the opportunity to start exercising some of those gifts. We looked at our heart and the passions that God's given us. And what's God placed on your heart that makes it beat in time with yours? Last week in our, our series, we looked at abilities, and we saw that God gives us uh, abilities to work within the kingdom of God for His glory. And we've all got abilities, and I wonder if you've been able to explore or think about what abilities God may have given you, and then start leaning into them. Today we're going to look at our personalities, and, and the, this, this sermon is a little different. It's not going to be like the usual sermon where I find some, some scripture to, to, to really exegete, I suppose. But So we're going to sort of go through some scriptures that will hit into our understanding of who we are a little bit. There's no specific text uh, that I could find that sort of goes, this is what our personality is like, so we're going to run through that and that sort of thing. But, but our personalities are actually a part of who God created us to be and, and a way of how we can serve alongside God in his mission to the world. Two people can have the, the same ministry but serve in very different ways because of the personality that God's given them. So I also find the knowledge of, of personalities or knowing your own personality helpful in showing us why um, some people operate differently to us. <laughs> so in this message, I, I, my hope is that, that you're going to grasp a little bit of where your own personality hits but it might not be a similar sort of sermon to what we're, we're sort of used to. But by the end, I hope we realize that God's blessed us with a personality to serve him and, and that we can appreciate that God's blessed others with a different personality. Uh, and we all think and act in different ways that can actually complement each other. So as we get into it, why don't we why don't I pray and then we'll, we'll, we'll look into the, this idea of, of personality. Let's pray. Now, God, we pray this morning that as we kick into this sermon, I pray that you will give us ears to hear, that you will open our hearts to your word, and that um, yeah, this will be of you, and that you will challenge, that you will help us to learn and grow, and help us to be people of you in and through the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> There's no greater challenger of your own personality than in marriage. If you're married, uh, you'll already know this. If you are getting married very soon, uh, you will find this out. Um, you have two different people coming from two different worlds, sort of bonding before God and finding that throughout time, you, you cannot make that person who you're married to be more like the person that you want them to be. <laughs> That you can't make them to be like your mum. <laughs> you can't make them be like your dad because you've seen your dad do it all the time. And so I want my wife to be like 
like my dad or my mum. I want my husband to be that way. <laughs> That's the beauty of personality. We're different. Rick Warren wrote this quote. He wrote, Like stained glass, our different personalities reflect God's light in many colours and patterns. It was a few years into marriage for Solari and I, and we travelled across the globe uh, to England for Solari's sister's wedding. And we ended up staying there. And I was employed in a church down in the south of England where Solari and I lived. It was our first time really away from our parents. We had some family in England, obviously, but they were up in London, so they were a fair way away. And we just sort of didn't have friends. We were just learning the ropes in our new church, and, and we're still learning the ropes of marriage. We were a couple of years into marriage. We'd had our ups and downs. We'd been through the honeymoon stage, which was fantastic. And, and, uh, and now it went to the, we got to the let's, let's let each other know about all the flaws we see in each other phase. And it wasn't the greatest phase of our marriage, to be fair. But, but we, so we decided to go to a course that Solari's sister was actually running in a, a church in London. It was called Why Couples Click, Why Couples Clash. Great name for a course. And it was a great course because it didn't tell us what to do when we got into a fight. <laughs> It didn't tell us, and yes, we did fight. It didn't tell us who was right and who was wrong or the theory of communication within marriage. It didn't tell us that sort of stuff. They're all good things to learn, and indeed, we share these sort of things when Solara and I do pre-marriage preparation sessions. But, but this course focused on the different personalities that Solari and I had, and it highlighted the differences in our personalities and how those differences made us sort of click together, which is great, but how sometimes they would see us really clash as well. You see, Solari and I have polar opposites when it comes to personality traits. She is extroverted. If you know Solari, you'll understand that. She's extroverted. I'm actually introverted. I am really introverted. <laughs> She's a, a thinker. Her decisions are made through considered thoughts, whereas I'm, I'm more of a feeler. My decisions will be made more upon my feelings and my values. I'd rather be totally spontaneous. Let's go. And we're out the door. <laughs> Whereas Solari would like to be more organised and prepared. You know, things change over 20 years of marriage and coming to an understanding of our personality has really helped in these last 20 years. But in those first years of marriage, not understanding that made it quite difficult. If we wanted to go somewhere, I'd grab the keys and jump out the door and say, let's go. The destination wasn't really important to me. Whereas Solari, she'd love to plan what we're doing and make sure we'd had food and water and all the things that you probably really need when you're heading out for the day. She'd check the diary to make sure we'd have to be at home at a certain time. That wouldn't come into my consideration. Solari, she'd, we'd go to the shopping centre and she'd speak to every person in the shopping centre. Her infectious smile would have people stopping and talking to her. It filled her tank. We got to know the people at Nando's like they were great friends. <laughs> this was a lot harder for me as an introvert. You know, one of the problems we started having was that I wanted to Solari to be a little bit more like me, though. <laughs> and she wanted me to be a little bit more like her. Ultimately, it created some problems because that's not how God designed her and it's not how God designed me. God actually designed us and our personalities differently for a reason. And we forgot that it was important for us to allow the other to be exactly who God was moulding them to be. Because he made Solari, he made me for a reason in the way that he made us. 
He didn't want Pete to be Solari and he didn't want Solari to be Pete. <laughs> so this course, Why Couples Click, Why Couples Clash, it helped us to see the uniqueness of our personalities and how to embrace the other's personality rather than trying to fix them because they really didn't need fixing. It helped us to see the, the beauty in the diversity that God gives to each person. And that if we work together with those spiritual gifts that we've talked about, our abilities, our heart passions, our, and bringing our personality in, into it, God's kingdom is going to benefit greatly. <laughs> Perhaps you've been through some sort of personality testing in the past. You've come up with a whole lot of letters that you can't remember what the I and the F and the J are, or the K, I think there's a K in there. <laughs> Perhaps you're labelled sanguine or choleric. And they sound a lot like drinks to me. <laughs> or you went through the Myers-Briggs. Maybe you were told you were a lion or a snake or a beaver. Uh, everyone wants to be a lion. Not many people want to be the beaver. No one wants to be a snake. <laughs> the, the, one of the latest ones has been the Enneagram, which is a, a really good one to explore how you connect with other people. It's really, really good. But you all become a number at that stage. You become number one, and someone else is a number nine. Personality tests are really good. They are helpful, and they've definitely helped Solari and myself in, in our marriage. However, we've got to be a little bit careful about being boxed into a shape that perhaps becomes inflexible in God's moulding of who you are. If you've never explored anything like that, don't, don't really worry. Don't, don't, don't sort of go out and go, oh, I need to find out what I am, whether I'm a beaver or not. <laughs> Finding who you are is not actually based on a test based on what God's designed you to be. Webster, Webster Dictionary defines personality as the complex characteristics that distinguish an individual. These characteristics, they affect the way that you think, the way that you feel, the way that you act. Your personality characteristics influence your entire life. It goes from decision-making to, to dealing with change to solving problems to resolving conflict, from engaging people to expressing sort of feelings, from, from competing to, to really sort of doing things, cooperating, doing things together. Your personality or your, your temperament is your inborn traits and it controls the way that you react to circumstances and, and, and it tells you why you act the way you do. Now, that doesn't mean you can't act differently it's just your natural actions and reactions. See, personalities aren't right or wrong. They're just different for different individuals. An example to help us understand that a little, and I'll ask you a question. Does it matter to you which way the toilet paper comes off the roll, on the over or under? Does it matter? I'm not asking you which way you prefer your toilet paper, but does it matter? <laughs> If it doesn't matter from one week to the next, one week is over, one week is under, that's cool. But if it matters to you, it probably demonstrates you've got a different personality to someone who it doesn't matter. There's a reason why some of us care which way the toilet paper is rolled while others don't. It's because the personality God has given you. I think the important part of that is that uh, regardless of how you like your toilet paper is that we all still use the stuff. That's a good idea. <laughs> Now, don't send me emails telling me how you like your toilet paper. I don't need to know that. <laughs> we all see the world differently. We have different temperaments and traits. Nothing is right, nothing is wrong. 
Yet it's important that you can be, these can be all be used in conjunction with others who are different to us for the glory of God. Because that's the end goal, isn't it? That we utilize who we are to serve the kingdom of God for his glory alongside someone else who's using all of who they are for the kingdom of God. So we've all got a personality. Each of us are different to one another. The authors Kais, Stark and Hirsch, they tell us about different, diff- these differences in their book Life Keys. They say this, These differences are natural, God-given aspects of personalities. Being who you are, the person God intended you to be, is of paramount importance. The differences make life interesting. Can you imagine what the world would be if everyone were just like you? Scary thought. <laughs> your gifts, your shortcomings, magnified by the billions. It is a scary thought. <laughs> the first week of this series, uh, I talked about how you were made unique. Absolutely unique. God created you unique for his purpose. You're the only you God made. So you don't need to try and make anyone else like you. 1 Corinthians 2.11 tells us, For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? We know who we are because God's put that spirit in us. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. You know, that, that tells me and encourages me because it means that you actually can be you. I'm sure we've had that thought though. Wouldn't the world be just a little bit better or easier or more satisfying if only more people were like us? You know, the unspoken hope behind that thought, though, is that people will not just be like us, but people will adhere to the expectations that we have. But that's not what God planned. See, one, one look at the world around us makes it really clear that God loves variety. <laughs> we may not be fond of all the varieties that God brings to this world, but God loves variety. God didn't create other people to please you, and he didn't create you to please other people. He made us to please him, to worship him. He created all of us to relate differently, to feel differently, to react differently, to respond differently. Arthur F. Miller Jr. in his book, in Why, Can't, Why You Can't Be Anything You Want To Be, says this, Perhaps you're unaware of the fact that you are the customized expression of a loving God. You have been endowed with a unique mix of competencies and the desire to draw and drive to use them in pursuit of an outcome of unrivaled personal importance. Your life has meaning built into it. Effectively, you have an exciting, challenging and achievable destiny if you will but discover and embrace who you were designed to be. God gave you a unique personality. He did it intentionally as part of his process of creating this masterpiece that is your life. Allow him then to help you understand your personality so that you can work with others and bring him the greatest possible glory. 
If you've ever been away on a trip with a small group or a group of people staying in either a tent together or a small cabin together, different personalities quickly bubble to the surface. <laughs> you might get the let's get going at 5am type person. I'm, I'm off on a hike and everyone's got to come. If we leave after then, everyone's going to miss it type person. <laughs> you might have the um, I'll just let everything happen around me and I'll just sort of sit back and everything will be okay type person. There is the, um, I, I, I'll just keep the peace so I, don't, I won't say too much and I'll, I'll make sure that I, I'll, I'll do all the cooking, all the cleaning, I'll even do the ironing on camp. <laughs> Different personalities surface in the cauldron of a small tent or a cabin. But over time, some of those personalities start to rub against each other and the, the friction that's caused can produce sparks that can soon end up in a great fire. But it's not just in the melting pot of camping in a small cabin or a tent that personalities can clash. We've already mentioned marriage relationships, family units. Personalities can clash. If we think of the context of the church, surely the church, there wouldn't be any clashes of personalities in the church, would there? (laughs) The church is made up of people, so yeah, there are. And it can be hard. You know, we see things differently. You know, this past month, I think I've just about every conversation I've had has had, I've been having conversations about COVID and its impact on the church. There are different views. When we should go back. How we should be inclusive. Should we consider the majority? Some have a real heart for peace. Some have a more ruthless Um, sort of what stance against it. Some people have raised voices in polite ways. Some have asked questions. Others have demanded answers. Now, the questions have no easy answers. Keep praying for the leadership, like I said before. But it's interesting to see how different personalities have started to be coming through. Not right, not wrong, just different. Some voices need to be loud. We need the loud voices. Some voices need to be gentle. We need the gentle voices. We're not all the same. In some instances, it does cause conflict. And clashes of personalities can cause problems. So whilst God has made us unique and our personality set us apart for his glory, it means that we also have to live well as Christ-honoring Christians alongside those that we find are different and express their personality in a way that maybe doesn't even gel with you. It's not new. It's not like in 2021 because of COVID, this is the start of something new. Let's go back to the, the source of the, that, that we go to is our scriptures. And if just thinking through scripture off the top of your head, I'm sure you can think of a few examples or a few times where there's been conflict within the pages of scriptures that comes because of personalities. The first one I thought of was Jacob and Esau. We'll have a, a, a little little look at them in a minute. Joseph and his brothers. Joseph's big personality got him into, into hot water, or a big ditch more so, more so. Paul and Barnabas, they parted ways after sharp disagreements. You know, church history is littered with stories of conflict, and often they're due to various personalities not agreeing completely. And unfortunately, too many churches today are fractured Because personalities preceded God's plans. Whether it be the pastor with a big personality, 
or the members who barrel over a leadership on account of their hopes being taken on board. You know, these things are often on the account of personalities clashing and causing incredible pain within the church. And, and even worse, a reason for the local community to look into the church and go, I wouldn't go there. So as believers in Jesus, we must heed the call of Romans 12, 18. It says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible, do whatever you can. Find peace with everyone. Those with different personalities, those who you go, but they're great on me, but find a way to find peace. It's been said that 80% of people who fail in a job do so, not because of a lack of ability, but because they don't know how to get along with people. It's something that we must lead in changing. We don't want it to be a statistic of the church that 80% of the people leave church because they can't get along with people. Do what you can to live at peace with everyone. So to do that, we've got three actions to help us get along with all people, especially those whose personality is somewhat different to ours. It's vital for the kingdom that we get this right. It really is, because together, if we use our, use our gifts, our passions and our abilities, our personality bought into that, we can make a massive kingdom impact. So the first thing we've got to do is we must be aware of personal differences. Proverbs, 11, uh, Proverbs 19, 11 says, A man's wisdom gives him patience. You know what? I think that if we were aware of the differences that God put into each of our personalities, it'll go a long way to stopping many conflicts within the church or within workplaces or within marriages or family units. The proverb says, wisdom brings patience. Being wise in understanding that the person over here is different to the person over here and, and how we can deal with that, it's going to bring patience in how you deal with that person. God wants you to not only understand your personality, but also understand the personality of, of those that we work with, of those who we serve with in church, of those who are our next-door neighbours, you see, the danger of not understanding these differences in personalities is that we quickly fall into the trap of thinking, well, they're not nice or they're not like me. And the trouble with that is we start to judge. And when we judge, we start to become impatient. And when we become impatient, we end up being angry and bitter. You know that many times people marry someone, like Solari and I, with a direct opposite um, personality an introvert marries an extrovert, and we're, we're a pretty good example of that. And it wasn't until we fully understood each other's personalities and how God made us that way that we were able to work through these differences that we saw in each other. You know, we get into trouble when we expect that everyone's going to be like me. Why aren't you like me? We need to be aware that God made them different. People are different. Our personalities are different. Esau and Jacob, they were very different. In fact, in Genesis 25, 27, it says, Esau loved the outdoors, but Jacob was a quiet man who stayed at home. They were different. Now, these guys didn't get along well. Maybe they need to do why, why couples click, why couples clash. <laughs> Their personalities probably didn't, didn't help. We need to be aware of our personalities. The second thing we need to do is accept the differences in personality. 
Scripture says heaps about this. Romans 5, 15, 17, se- se- the Romans 15, 7, sorry about that. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Accept one another, even if you're different. Accept one another, just as Christ accepted you. You know what? We're very different to Christ. We all strive to be like Christ. But he accepted you as you were. That's what he's asking us to do as well. Accept one another. Why do we do that? In order to bring praise to God. You know what? We start accepting one another as we are, not expecting them to be like me. It's going to bring praise to God. The 12 disciples, they were a great example of God using all different personalities for his glory. You know, they were different types of people. Yet over time, they learned to work together for the glory of God. And the result? The church. What does it mean, therefore, to accept one another? So to accept one another means that we need to realize that differences are not wrong. They're not bad. They're just different. And God made us this way, so we must accept it. We have enough things that divide us and the church at the moment. Let's not let personalities be another factor in it. Rather, let's take the advice of of Romans 14 verse 13. It says this, Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind to not put a stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. You know, the the Christian Jews, they were having trouble at this stage with these new Christian Gentiles. They were doing things that were, were not the way the Jews would do them. And it brought some division within the church. But Paul says, don't don't judge them. Don't make it hard for them. Don't do anything that will bring division to the church. Rather, accept them. I like how the message version of um, the paraphrase puts it. He says this, forget about deciding what's right for each other. Here's what you need to do to be here's what you need to be concerned about that you don't get in the way of someone else don't make life more difficult than it already is for the good of the kingdom let's accept the person the differences in the personalities that are around us be aware and be aware of different personalities and be accepting of different personalities as well But God wants us to go one step further as well. He wants us to appreciate personality differences. You see, a a real sign of Christian maturity is to look at the other, perhaps the other that is very different to you, someone you don't click so much with, and say, you know what, God's made them unique to work within the kingdom of God next to me. And if we work together, the kingdom will be enhanced so much more. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you, each one of you has a part in it. Each one. Not just me because I got this personality, or I've got this trait, or I've got this, but each one of us. God's created each of us to be together. Separate, but a vital part of his kingdom when we join. Each of us are necessary And because of being part of this one body, we can't fly solo in this. I can't say that because I'm not aware of someone else's personality or I've not accepted that someone else's personality type will fit with me, 
So I'm going to live outside the body. It just can't happen. There can't be lamb roast without mint sauce. It can't be fairy bread without the sprinkles. It just can't happen. <laughs> These things have to be together. <laughs> we went into a, a pretty Swiss restaurant a while back. Slara and I were given this voucher. And the restaurant decided uh, that for dessert we'd have creme brulee. So the, the restaurant told us what we had to have, by the way. So yeah, the, the higher up you go in, in Swishness, the, the less choice you get. Anyway, figure that out. Anyway, so we had this creme brulee. I like creme brulee, so that wasn't a problem. And it was great, sort of great. Anyway, the, the creme brulee, however, wasn't a real creme brulee. It was a deconstructed creme brulee. Now, deconstructed creme brulee, it, it, these fancy restaurants, it's their way of saying, we can't be bothered making you the dessert, this dessert, so what we're going to do is we're going to put all the ingredients on the plate separately. <laughs> and then you've got to eat them separately. Creme brulee, to me, is awesome when it's all put together and someone takes the time and the passion to make it into this beautiful thing and you've got the, the, the heat spray over the top of the sugar and you crack it and it just comes. It's just, I like it like that. But when it's all in the separate parts, eh, it's not quite the same, is it? We're all part of the body of Christ. We're not a deconstructed body of Christ. We've all got different personalities that sort of go into the, the pot and, and make this incredible thing to be part of the whole means doing one thing, humbling yourself. Humbling yourself enough to accept that I'm not the cause for the whole of the world's salvation. Rather, I play a part in God's greater mission for salvation of all. When I acknowledge that, when I humble myself enough to acknowledge that, it means that I'm able to appreciate that I'm part of this body I've not got everything. I'm part of it. I don't have every personality trait. I've got some. And at times, I need to find someone who can do something else because I can't do it. When I begin to appreciate and see the personality traits of others, I can start to see how someone else's extroversion and my self-controlled nature would both be helpful in helping someone know Jesus. See, appreciating the personality of others is key to seeing the kingdom advanced as we use who we are for God's ultimate glory. So be aware of others' personalities. Accept others' personalities. Appreciate others' personalities. So what does it mean when you're back at work tomorrow when your boss rips through you for something that you think is so minuscule that the energy wasted was just ridiculous? <laughs> it means being aware of the personality in front of you, accepting it, appreciating it. And whilst it might hurt, finding that this is a part of God's creation. Romans 12 verse 10 says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. That's the bottom line. Love. Be devoted to one another in love. And differences of personality will become secondary. You see, Christ, he put aside all of who he was, accepting the form of a human, being a servant, like succumbing to the big personalities of the religious systems. Why did he do that? For the love of you and I, for the greater purpose of the kingdom of God. You know that together, 
we're going to impact God's kingdom, have more opportunities to share Jesus than ever before when we embrace and love even those who we find difficult to embrace and love. So this morning, embrace your personality. Embrace the personality of others. And may God grant you the joy of serving him in God's mission with others who may or may not look like you. Let's pray. Our Lord and God, we give you thanks that you are good. And God, that you have given us our unique personalities. That God, you want us to use all of who we are for your kingdom's glory. And God, that means working with those who maybe we don't get along so well with. But it's all part of your kingdom plan. So help us not just find who we are, but accept who they are. Accept the other that your kingdom might grow. In Jesus' name, amen.